Would you give God a hand of praise in this house this morning? Amen. Help me make this atmosphere welcoming into God's presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You ought to clap your hands like God's been good to you. You ought to clap your hands like God woke you up this morning. Give God a hand of praise in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It's a blessing to be in the house of God this morning. It's a blessing to be in the land of the living. We thank God for this opportunity to minister the word of God to y'all on this day. We pray continually for Pastor Mitchell, my friend and my brother. Thank God for Sister Mitchell. Amen. Amen. Y'all ready for a word this morning? Those of you that have your Bibles, turn with me this morning to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 5, beginning at verse 25. Mark chapter 5, beginning at verse 25. Are you turning there? I just want y'all to know I'm a little bit jealous of Dr. Mitchell because he's uh, going towards the Dallas game and I'm here preaching. <laughs> Amen. Are you there? Mark 5 and 25. I I'm going to be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up, came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately the hemorrhage stopped. She felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately, that power had gone forth from her. Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of God for just a moment. I want to talk to you, saints of God, this morning from what we choose to give subject. I'm distracted. I'm distressed, but I'm not distracted. I'm distressed, but I'm not distracted. Pray with me for just a moment. Dear God, we thank you once again for this opportunity to break the bread of life. God, we thank you for the people that are here this morning that thought it not robbery to come to the house of God to worship you in spirit and in truth. God, it is right through in here that we ask that you would anoint the ears of your people so that they are anointed to hear what the spirit of God has to say to them this morning. 
God, I pray that I would decrease so that the spirit of God that's on the inside of me would increase. Use me this day, dear God, as a vessel of clay, meet for the master's use under this appointed time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I'm distressed, but I'm not distracted. There is no such thing in life, y'all, as a life without confrontation or struggle. Uh, if you see somebody that's going through life and it looks like they have a life of ease and a life of complete satisfaction, you need to look under the covering. Because the truth of the matter is, life is full of trouble. You get into the college of your dreams and trouble is coming. Trouble understanding the courses. Trouble passing the chest. Trouble adjusting to life outside of the home. Trouble getting a job when you graduate. Get married. Trouble is coming. Trouble learning to compromise. Trouble sharing the money. Trouble paying the bills. Trouble communicating. Are y'all talking to me this morning? Get a new car and trouble is coming. Trouble making the payments. Trouble paying for gas. Trouble paying for repairs and maintenance. Have children. Trouble is coming. Trouble trying to make them behave. Trouble paying for diapers and milk. Trouble teaching them to behave in school. Trouble paying for clothes, cars, and college. Y'all get the picture, don't you, this morning? Trouble is coming. Truth of the matter is you cannot escape trouble. So the question that has to be answered in this house this morning is, how does the Christian deal with trouble? How do we survive our trials and tribulations in this life on our way to the next life? Uh, we can take three things, three tips from this woman with the issue of blood. We can learn three things uh, about this woman with the issue of blood. The text is tailored to teach us three things, and I'm going to tell you those three things, and I'm going to get on out your way. The first thing that the text is tailored to teach us is that you cannot fix it on your own. This woman had an issue of blood. It was a condition that got worse over time. And suffice it to say that she went from physician to physician and, and trying to get a cure, and they could come up with no cure, and none of it really worked because they didn't have the knowledge and what was needed to cure her. And I can imagine, y'all, with my holy imagination for just a moment, I would say that she probably tried special diets and none of that worked. She probably tried potions and none of that worked. She probably tried incantations and exercise and, and none of that worked. And all she did was spend her money until she was destitute and distressed. And so she found herself still without a cure. In fact, the Bible says that not only did she not have a cure, but she got worse. And I believe that there's somebody in this house this morning that can attest to the fact that you've tried to fix things on your own, only to make things worse. You ended up worse off than you were when you started. You tried to resolve the financial troubles on your own, but that didn't work. You tried to resolve your marriage problems on your own, but that didn't work. You tried to get out of depression on your own, but that didn't work. You tried to find a job on your own, but that didn't work. And so instead, you ended up distressed and distraught, feeling like there was nowhere else to turn. 
But what you needed was the simple confession was a confession from a heart that was bleeding, a confession from a heart that was broken. You needed to admit that you could not do it on your own. And when you understand that you cannot do it on your own, that's the start to your healing. Can I get a witness in here? First thing the text is tailored to teach us, you can't do it on your own. The second thing the text is tailored to teach us is that you can't fix it without faith. You can't fix it without faith. Faith is what drove this woman with the issue of blood. And and you understand that that she had to go from doctor to doctor because she still had some faith that something was going to work out. Faith is the key that unlocks the door to all of our victories. So when you're feeling lost and all on your own and no help in sight, faith is the lifeline that keeps you hanging on. When you understand that you don't know what tomorrow is going to hold, you need to hold on to your faith because your faith is what's going to cause you to tie a rope, tie a knot in the end of the rope and just hang on. And the truth of the matter is, Minister Braxton, is that any preacher that is worth his salt understands that your life depends on your relationship between you and God, your faith in God. We can have faith in a whole lot of things, but we need to have faith in God. Take King Ahaz. I'm getting ready to cut across the field here in just a few minutes. Of Judah, for example. King Ahaz turned away from God. And he plunged himself into the practice of idolatry. Sacrificing even his own children to pagan gods. When he heard that Israel and Syria had formed an alliance and were getting ready to attack him. He had no faith to fall back on. Isaiah chapter 7 says that, uh, that he became so frightened that his heart and even the heart of all of his people began shaking like a tree in the wind. Faith keeps you from shaking like a tree in the wind. Faith in God keeps you from shaking like a tree in the wind. When you trust in God, you understand that everything is going to be all right. It helps you have some perspective about this thing. When you don't know which way to turn, you understand that God will still be right there by your side. It helps you see the long-term gains rather than the short-term fixes. This woman had an issue of blood, and she wanted to give up. She was broken. She was destitute. But faith would not let her give up. The scripture says that by faith, she pressed her way for a solution. She, She let her faith pull her through that crowd to touch the hem of his garment. And we need to understand, y'all, this is a cruel and mean world. And Satan tries to set traps for the children of God. And no matter how much you try to honor God with your faith, it becomes confusing, and sometimes you forget what really matters. Sometimes you can do the right thing and still have trouble show up on your door. Sometimes you can be as faithful as you want to, and trouble will still come knocking at your door. If you don't have faith, you don't have anything. The third thing that the text is tailored to teach us this morning is you got to have, you can't do it on your own. You got to have faith, but you cannot fix it without Jesus. Can I talk to y'all this morning? Uh, The solution is in the Savior. Did y'all hear what I said? Your solution is in your Savior. This woman with an issue of blood, let her faith carry her to her solution. She she heard about Jesus coming by. 
and she let it carry her to her solution. Jesus was her solution. If you want healing, you have to press your way to the healer. If you want peace, you got to press your way to the one that is able to give you peace. If you want your children saved, you got to press your way to the one that is able to save them. If you want trouble out of your home, you got to press your way to the one that is able to fix all things. Let, let me tell you this morning that, that prayer is the vehicle that the devil cannot stop. Prayer is the catalyst that you can carry all your concerns to God and bypass the devil. Can I get a witness in here? Prayer is how we touch the hem of his garment so that we can understand that the devil can't do us no harm. Can I get a witness in here? And so while the, the devil is busy throwing trouble at you, you should be taking your burdens to God in prayer. You, you've got the power in prayer to get your petition to the right place at the right time. Can I get a witness in here? And that's when you see your victory is coming. And there's somebody here in the house of God this morning. Uh, it may not be an issue of blood, but it's distressing. It, it, it may not be a sickness, but whatever it is, it's distressing. And I pray that these tips will help you this morning. I pray that you understand that you can't fix it on your own. You understand that you've got to have faith. You understand that you need Jesus in order to fix it. And you need to put them at the feet of Jesus. He alone is able to carry you through all the storms. And, and I know that I said this morning that there were three tips that I was going to leave you with this morning. But I, I, I looked at my message this morning. And I got up at 4 o'clock uh, in the morning and, and God gave me just a fourth tip to add to this message. The fourth tip is that you can't fix it being afraid. You can't fix it being afraid. This woman had an issue of blood for 38 long years. And because of her condition, she was not supposed to be in the midst of other people, especially men. To touch another man in an unclean state was forbidden because of the customs of this time. It was, it was not proper for her to be in the crowd. It was not proper for her to be in the public in her condition. Even the custom of the time would have deemed it not proper for her to be in public. She, 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 she loved herself so much that she had to press her way to her own transformation. Because some things are not proper in some people's eyes, but they're permissible in our eyes. Can I get a witness in here? Sometimes it might not be proper but in desperate times, some things are permissible. If you look at the text this morning, look at the text. It says that uh, when she did what was improper, she reached out. And Matthew says that she touched the hem of his garment. And when she touched the hem of his garment, the Bible says that immediately the blood flow ceased. The Bible says that when she did what many thought was not proper, and came into the crowd and pressed her way through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment, that immediately the blood flow stopped. And the Bible says that power went out of Jesus. It might not have been proper. It might not have been important, but it sure was powerful. It might not have been proper, but it sure was at this time permissible because the blood 
of Jesus is the one that touched her. And you will always have some carnal folk that come up in the crowd and then like Peter did and say, Jesus, with all these folk uh, hanging around you, how can we tell you who touched you? And Jesus said, wait a minute, y'all. I didn't say that somebody just brushed up against me. I didn't say that somebody uh, uh, squeezed past me. Somebody on purpose with intentionality reached out and touched me. And you ought to know when church will get real good. It's when we stop trying to be cute. When we understand that it doesn't matter if we are in a crowd. And we get to the point where we don't try to just brush up against Jesus. But we try to touch the hem of his garment. When we say that everything that is within us, we need to reach out and touch the hem of his garment. Because Jesus knows what we stand in need of. And I thank God for cute worshipers. I thank God for worshipers that just raise their hand. I thank God for worshipers that try to be cute in service. But I wish I had just a few radical, improper worshipers. A few worshipers that don't mind getting ugly for the Lord. A few worshipers that says, I'm going to press my way through. If you knew what I've been through this week, you would understand that I've got to give God all of the praise. If you knew the hell that I've been through this week, you would understand that I didn't come here to see y'all. I came to touch the hem of his garment. I didn't come to see y'all. I came to see Jesus. I didn't come to impress y'all. I came to impress Jesus. I'm not distressed. I'm not distracted. But I understand that Jesus has what I need. You don't know what it took some folk to make it to the house of God this morning. You don't know how some folk had to wrestle to make themselves come to the house of God this morning. Some folk had to drag themselves, their bleeding selves, to the house of God this morning. You don't know what it took for somebody in here this morning that was on their way, almost throwing in the towel, almost ready to give up, but they're in the house of God this morning. You don't know what it took for somebody to drag their depressed self to the house of God this morning. Let me pause right there and tell you that you are in the right place. You are in the right place at the right time. The Bible says that this woman didn't just make her way to Jesus. The Bible says that she pressed her way to Jesus. I might be hurting, but I'm going to press my way to Jesus. I might be crying, but I'm going to press my way to Jesus. I might be sick, but I'm going to press my way to Jesus. There's some stuff that I go through in life that can't distract me. I understand that the only one that can help me is Jesus and Jesus alone. I'm not distracted. I know who I need. I'm not distracted. I know who can help me. I might be tired, but I'm going to press my way to Jesus. I'm not distracted. I'm not depressed, but I'm going to press my way to Jesus. I've tried a whole lot of things. I've been a whole lot of places. Sometimes I've messed up and made things worse on my own. I've tried doctors and I've tried money. i tried everything else, but I've got to press my way to Jesus. So I came here this morning to remind you that you can't just slide by Jesus. 
I came here this morning to remind you that you just can't brush up against Jesus. I came here this morning to remind you that you've got to touch the hem of his garment. And that's why you shouldn't judge folk when they shout in church. That's why you shouldn't look at folk crazy when they holler in church. That's why you shouldn't look at folk crazy when they cry in church. That's why you are not look at folk funny when they raise their hands in church. Because they came to meet Jesus. Is there anybody in the house this morning that came here to meet Jesus? I dare somebody to press your way to the house of God this morning. I dare somebody that is distressed, but you are not distracted. Because you came here this morning to meet Jesus. You might not be physically all together, but you came to meet Jesus. You might be in trouble, but you came to meet Jesus. When we can worship God until our body is healed, we know that everything is all right. We can worship God when, until things make us feel better. We know that everything is all right. It might not be proper, but I know that worship is powerful. And if you know, that you, if you understand that your neighbor is going through something that you don't even know what they're going through, if you can't shout for yourself, you ought to shout for them as well. Anybody here is not concerned about brushing up to Jesus, but you don't to just make your way to Jesus. You want to press your way to Jesus. You want to touch the hem of his garment because Jesus is all the answer. He's all the answer. He is the answer. He is the answer. Sometimes you get driven to Jesus when you have nowhere else to turn. Sometimes you get pushed to Jesus when you have no other help in this world. Can I talk to y'all this morning? Sometimes you get pushed to Jesus when you tried mama and you tried daddy and you tried all of your friends and nobody could help you. But then you've come to the realization that nobody could help you but the Lord. And I'm wondering, is there anybody in the house this morning that's been going through hell and high water. And you came here not to brush by Jesus, but you came here to touch the hem of his garment. I know I've said this before, but I need to tell you again this morning. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. Can, can I make it plain for you? It simply means that God sits in. He takes up residence in the praises of his people. You want God to show up in your life? You ought not act cute in church. You ought to stand on your feet and give God some glory like he's been good to you. Trouble in your home. Give God some praise. Trouble on your job. Give God some glory. Trouble all around you. I'm sure I need you to understand that God will show up just when you need him most. I'm distressed, but I'm not distracted. Did y'all hear what I, I said? I'm distressed, 
but I'm not distracted. We have to master. I, I'm, I'm going to quit getting that. We have to master the ability to worship God in the midst of a storm. You have to master the ability to worship God when you don't know which way to turn. You have to master the ability to give God praise when pain is all in your body. Am I helping anybody in here this morning? And, 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 and this is what will help you. And this, this is where I'm going to quit. When, when, when trouble is all around you, if you've been in a child of God any amount of time. But you, you understand that you have some history. <clears throat> Did y'all hear what I said? I said you have some history with God. This ain't the first time you've been in trouble. This ain't the first time you've had sickness in your body. This ain't the first time that you've had trouble in your house. All you need to do is just look back over the pages of your life and see how God brought you out before and have a flashback and understand that if he did it before, he can do it again. Is, do I have any saints here that would say, if he did it before, God can do it again. He did it before, he can do it again. I, I, I'm distressed, but I'm not distracted. Somebody here this morning, somebody here right now, you're sitting here with a smile on your face and your Sunday go to meeting clothes on. And folk think that everything is all right in your life. But you're distressed in your spirit. Who am I talking to this morning? You're smiling, you're clapping, but on the inside, there's turmoil. And I'm telling you this because I've been there. I've preached folk happy and turmoil all on the inside. I've helped other people and distressed myself. So if you're here this morning, trouble every now and then knocks on every door. Today is your day to get a release. Today is your day for your breakthrough. Today is your day to understand that trouble won't last always. I'm distressed, but I can't get distracted. I've got to keep going on. My, my mama sings a song. She's 81 years old. She sings a song. She still sings it well today. That I'm holding on, and I won't let go of my faith. I'm just holding on, and I won't let go of my faith. Anybody here this morning holding on? You're holding on. I, 
I, I need to tarry for just a moment because I, I believe there are at least two people in the house this morning that are here that are distressed on the inside that you acted like everything is all right. Is there one? Is there one? We open the doors of this church. Doors of the church are still open. I, I, I still, I, I'm still looking for two folk. I, I believe there are at least two folk in here this morning. But you're smiling on the outside, but you're hurting on the inside. If you're here this morning, you say, Preacher, I'm not saved. According to Romans 10, 9 and 10, says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shall believe in that heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. It says, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Today is your day. Let, let me put it another way. Put it where you can reach it. If you say, preacher, if I died right now, I'm not sure that heaven would be my home. Today is your day. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? Amen. You say, preacher, I, I know that I'm saved. I know that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I have relationship with God, but I'm out of fellowship with God. Y'all know where I'm going with this, don't you? I, I, I use this analogy all the time. My, my, my father's still living. He's 83 years old. He's living in the ruin of Virginia. And there is nothing that I could do that would delete our relationship because his blood is running through my veins. But every now and then, I'm the one that messed up the fellowship. Are y'all hearing me? It's a travesty, y'all, to have relationship with God and not be able to talk to him whenever you want to. Are y'all hearing me? So if the Spirit of God is speaking to you this morning, will you come? Is there one? Is there one? Amen. Now, here's where I'm speaking on behalf of Greater Brookville Church. If you're here this morning, you don't have a church home. I stand in the place of Dr. Mitchell this morning. And you don't have a church home, and you believe that Greater Brookville is a place that you want God to plant you, a place where you want people to pray for you and you pray for them. You want a pastor that is consistent, that will pray for you consistently. Today is your day. You hear this morning, you say, Preach, I don't have a church home, but I want Greater Brookville and Pastor Mitchell to be my pastor. Today is your day as well. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? Amen. Amen. Y'all know how we do this thing. If you would look at me for just a moment. If you are here in this house this morning and you're not ashamed to let the world know that you saved, would you give God a hand of praise in this house? Hallelujah. 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 
Amen. If you're able to stand, we ask that you would stand at this time. If you're able to stand. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I'm distressed, but I'm not distracted. Amen. Amen. Grab somebody's hand, if you will, right where you stand. Let us pray. God, we thank you this morning for what our eyes have seen and what our ears have heard. God, we thank you for your presence in this house. God, we thank you for the glory that has been in this place and still is in this place. God, we thank you that you've reminded us that we can't make it on our own. You've reminded us that we need faith. You reminded us that only Jesus can fix it. You reminded us that we can't be afraid to worship you. So God, it is in the name of Jesus that we ask that you would hide this word in our heart and carry it with us throughout this week. God, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice. I pray that not one person in this house would leave this doors the same way they came. I pray that they heard something that encouraged their heart this morning. I pray that they heard something that would cause them to run on and see what the end is going to be. I pray, God, that they have been encouraged just for a little bit, God, to trust you in a way that they have not trusted you before. God, we thank you that there are some here this morning that have been dealing with issues for a number of years some even longer than 38 years. But remind them, dear God, that help is on the way. Remind them, dear God, that their victory is on the way. God, we thank you again for this opportunity. We pray again for Pastor Mitchell in his absence, and we pray anointing on uh, Sister Mitchell as well and their entire family. God, we even pray for this branch of Zion and these your people. That God, that no hurt, harm, nor danger come nigh them. God, we ask for a double portion of anointing for the greater Brookville family. God, we ask that you would give them a vision for 2019 that would blow their very mind. God, we thank you in the name of Jesus. But most of all, God, we thank you for Jesus Christ who died on the cross for our sins that we might have a right to the tree of life. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with us henceforth now and forevermore. It is in Jesus' wonderful and matchless name we pray. Amen. Amen.